This is Josh Carter, and today on Your Shelf or Mine, we'll talk about books with animals in the title, community events and how you can get involved, and how you can get audiobooks for free from the Longview Public Library on Your Shelf or Mine. Your Shelf or Mine, where timeless questions are answered. If you have a cold hot pocket, is it just a pocket? If croutons are stale bread, why are they kept in airtight packages? A local podcast dedicated to entertainment and never following the plan. From the well-read minds of the Longview Public Library, your shelf or mine. Hello, and welcome to your shelf or mine. This is I'm Becky Standle, Youth Services Specialist at the Longview Public Library. And I'm Elizabeth Partridge, Adult Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. And we have a special guest today. I'm Becky Partridge with... <laughs> no, I'm Josh Carter with K-Log Cooking and the Wave Radio Stations. Our uh, Studio Time sponsor. Yeah, the Studio Time sponsor. I, they're always in my studio every other week, and I'm like, hey, when do I get to be on this show? And they were like, well, you have to read a book. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. And you almost finished it. I oh, did, yeah. I almost read one. <laughs> For the first time. <laughs> so we'll get to that. But, but first, Elizabeth has some questions for you. So Josh. Hi, Josh. How's it going? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. So I want to explain um, how Josh fits into the library family. Because a lot of people don't know that Josh has been helping the library for a very long time. He Not has Whoa. Whoa. And has a library past. Yes, he does. <laughs> a dark library past. Cue dramatic music. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so um, Josh has, in the library, taught classes for us. He teaches technology classes. He worked on a grant with us um, to do senior digital technology at the retirement communities. So that was awesome. And then he's taught Facebook classes, but he's taking a break from that. <laughs> and what else have you done? Well, there was one time I didn't return my book, and I paid a sizely fine. So there I think was that's that worth time. Yeah, yeah. That one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. I don't think uh, there was only one time. Okay, I think you're right. Okay. Also, shout out to the Wichita, Kansas Public Library. I will return the police album one day, <laughs> probably. So you can send me a bill. If It'll you be want. a collector's item by then. Yeah, so. they'll be like, a, "What is a CD?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Well, Mr. Beanie, a CD is this thing you used to put." Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so first of all, thanks for being here. It, we appreciate it, and we appreciate all your help. My pleasure. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Becky, do you have any questions? Sure. <laughs> do you want to explain to us why libraries are so important to you? Absolutely. Libraries are actually really important to me uh, because, like you said, I do have a library past. And what's great about libraries are that they're more than books. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, libraries are dumb. We don't need them. Everybody uses the Internet. Yeah, that's the point. There's a lot of people that I know that go to the library just to get help, like checking their email. When I used to work at a library in Kansas, people would come in for all kinds of stuff. Like they were looking for some news article about something that happened in the 70s and they used the little uh, film machines. So I could talk all day about the list of things that libraries do it's very long it's i think books actually in my opinion is the least of it a lot of it is just the information desk uh at every library that person is like a community a community leader no matter the library you choose it 
So what did you do at the library? Well, when I lived in Kansas, I was actually the main security guard for the library, uh, which our library there is a little interesting because every morning at like 8 a.m., the mission, which is like love overwhelming kind of, they drive all those people to the library because it's next to the police station, the courts. It's a central location. Whereas, you know, you guys have all your police stuff down at this Hall of Justice. Imagine if the Hall of Justice was right next door. That's essentially the same thing. So, yeah, it got really weird a lot of the time, uh, but we had they had a really great tech program, which is what engaged me with teaching tech classes. And, um, yeah, I have all kinds of great library stories you wouldn't even believe. <laughs> I believe them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and a lot of the times it was my primary job there was just keeping the staff safe. The staff is full of creative, really great people that are trying to help. And a lot of those people are oblivious to all the bad things that happen. So they don't <laughs> they don't know that this guy they're talking to is like really upset and they're about to stab them. So it's like, okay, hey, you should oh you should like stop yeah. and let him take a break for a while, you know, that kind of stuff. So that sounds pretty intense. So um I know that you are also pretty heavily involved in the community around us. So what other clubs and organizations do you participate in? How long is this podcast again? Let's make it short. <laughs> it's as long as we want it to That's be. That's right. Oh, yeah. We have a great studio who sponsors us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we normally say we'll be out by three. Well, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so to start, um, starting at the library, working my way out, um, next door, LCC has a head start. Executive Policy Council. I'm the president of that. Um, I'm also a Kelso Rotarian. I'm also a red coat in the Chamber of Commerce Ambassadors. I try to serve on as many committees as possible for Squatch Fest and Jingle All the Way and all that stuff, trying to help organize. Gosh, there's funny because every time I'm asked to do this, I forget things and I remember later, oh yeah, I do that other thing. Right. Uh, Go Forth Festival, I'm on their committee. Um, I see you at the Downtowners meeting. Yeah, I'm uh, involved with the Downtowners. That's fun. Lindsay's doing a great job what over there, isn't she? Yeah. And then I'm also sales marketing on air and uh, media production here at K-Log Cooking in the Wave. So um, I handle finding new clients, writing the commercials. We have to kind of take the new people and figure out what they like about their business and turn it into like a not boring radio campaign, which is uh, sometimes easier um, than other times. But everybody turns out good when they come in here. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And then I'm also a daddy. I got a little five-year-old. That's my favorite job, yeah. definitely. He's a pretty... Amazing. He's so hilarious. He's learned all these new transition terms, like first of all. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it'll be like eight in the morning, and I'll be like, "Hey, can you get dressed?" And it's time to go. And he'll be like, first of all, yeah, I'm gonna put on my shoes." <laughs> so when Axel was around that age, he started adding, adding as well as <laughs> to everything. I can't wait till Noah starts saying "indeed." Indeed. <laughs> like, wow, more That's Peppa Pig for you, huh? That's right. <laughs> Oh, I was going to also ask, uh, do you have any priority areas in the community that you think more people ought to pay attention to and become more involved in? I love that question. Well, it's it's a kind of difficult question to answer because I think people should do whatever they're most passionate about. But yes, I think everybody should do more in that area. So if you're passionate about like children's literacy, you can get involved with Rotary for um, Dolly Parton Imagination Library. You can serve on committees that directly raise money for that. If you want to see more kids get, like, um, scholarships, you could join LCP. That's the other one, LCP, you yeah. You could join the Lower Columbia Professionals, the fun committee, come uh, help put us help put on events. What was um, that last one? The fun one? committee? Fun committee, yeah, that's what they call LCP. Yeah, the fun, fun committee. We have a fun committee at the library, too. Oh, oh no, it was 
What was the word that they described the last fundraiser that they did? Well, I, I would describe it as, well, anyway, Caps, Corks, and Cupcakes was the last <laughs> event they did. One, the one before that, that had a great big long name. What was that? The Caddy Wampus Carnival? That one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a fun one. This is so much fun. Well, and the thing is, like, if you're passionate about those things, that's great. Some people are just good at, like, they're good at their trade, and their best position in the community is just to help support those people. Like, not everybody's a crazy go get them pe- person like, like we are. Like, um, so if you're one of those people, when us come around to bother you, you can give us raffle prizes. And those raffle prizes, what's funny about that is you give a basket full of booze to one of these places, I guarantee you're going to raise a scholarship with that thing. Just... <laughs> You're like, yeah, using Jose Cuervo to raise scholarships since 2007. That should be our model. was funding our higher education. That's right. <laughs> well, some people knew, didn't they? <laughs> I'm not going to talk about myself. But so, anyway, that's the answer to my question. Everybody could just do more on what, yeah. they're, what they're good at, you know? So this is a, a leading question. Um, oh. I would like to know, where would one go to find out about these types of opportunities? Well, I think the best way to do it is just to start showing up to meetings. That's what I do. I just start showing up to meetings. Hey, I'm part of this group now. And the best thing you can do is just be of service to whoever. The best place to find out about the meetings, start at the chamber and work your way out. (laughs) Start there. Because they know, usually the people that are involved in the subcommittees for stuff, like LCP, are in some way connected to the Chamber of Commerce because we have such a good one. So if you start there and work your way out, um, a lot of times you'll be able to find whatever you're looking for, whether it's uh, the Lions Club or uh, Rotary or something like that. I mean, every yeah, everybody I know is involved in the chamber somehow. So I have some um, just like silly questions, serious serious questions. I mean, would you rather have hands that kept growing as you got older or feet that kept growing as you got older? Uh, hands for sure. I already have giant feet, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, hard pass on that. You don't have to buy shoes for your hands, so that's why. I went to India a couple years ago, and I showed them the tag on my shoes. Every shop, they just asked me to leave. They're not even going to look. They're not even going to bother. We know that we don't have that crazy size. Yeah. Would you rather give up bathing for a month or give up the internet for a month? Oh, the internet for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Wait, was that question a reference or something? No. Wait, are you trying to say something? Closed space. So, are there any activities or events happening in the community that you think people ought to be aware of? Uh, Yeah, one of them is the Callets Relay for Life. Um, They're accepting team registrations. The event is August 10th and 11th at Kelso High School. And you can go to relayforlife.org slash Callets to get more on that. Put your team together now. Like, these relays are no joke. They're hard. If you're one of those people that likes bingo and you want to support the Crusaders Relay for Life that way, every Tuesday they have bingo at the Longview Eagles at 6. I'm not sure if you knew that. Uh, that's a great place, too. I love going there. Uh, and blackouts pay $75. Woo-hoo. Win that cash. <laughs> Win that cash. Uh, let's see. The only other thing really going on is there's like a huge list, but uh, Bikers Against Child Abuse doing a 100-mile bike ride starting at the Indy Way Diner on Saturday the 18th. I love I love when they say this. Registrations at nine thirty. Kickstands up at eleven. Let's <laughs> say that. It's my favorite. And then of course, like every Saturday, first uh, last Saturday of the month, Lexi's Pizza has that um, uh, Lexington Market from ten to three. So, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on all the time around here. What's funny is when I hear people go, "Oh, there's nothing to do," which happens in every city. I'm like, dude. I can't fit all the stuff I want to do in a weekend most of the time around here. Like, even in the deep winter months, there's 
bunch of stuff going on. So, do you that that makes me think? Do you do you hear a lot of people around you just not knowing where to go to find information? Like honestly, I don't because the people that I'm surrounded with are in all those in groups. Media and yeah. They all know. yeah. But every now and then, I'll stick my nose on Facebook somewhere, and people are just like so negative. And I'm like, listen, I used to where I'm from is like. 400 billion times less interesting than this city and they don't understand that like mm -hmm. they may have not lived anywhere else and mm -hmm. it's like okay yeah no it's fine this place is awesome <laughs> yeah um i always wonder too what do you want to be doing yeah like, you say there's nothing to do yeah but... like but what would you do especially people who say there's nothing for kids to do yeah. i'm like well come to the library <laughs> well like kids it's funny because like having a venue to cater for kids I got a hint, like, kids just like being outside. Yeah. Just let them go. Literally, when I was a kid, my favorite thing was a field. Like, I loved to just go play. Like, I didn't have to was have any particular. Field? Some of them, yeah. Sunflower field. Yeah, sunflowers, corn, milo. Whatever child, kind of crops right? you want, Sonny. <laughs> so there was really nothing to do. Close your eyes when the truck comes by. You might get <laughs> dirt from the road. <laughs> so... You mentioned Facebook. You mentioned that information. Is that something that you use very often or not? Uh, yeah, I use Facebook. Um, I don't do partisan news. I'm not really interested in that. I have an app for that that I do use when I want to argue with someone. We all have those days, okay? So on May 20th, we have a Humanities Washington presentation coming that is um, called Is Truth Really Dead in America? And it's a community conversation. He's going to present information, and um, it talks a bit about fake news and fake perceptions of news and did you find yourself involved in too much of that and that's why you left that arena for that or what do you think yeah perhaps i think everyone uh falls into the echo chamber of whatever they believe naturally that's how media is that's how online media is structured to work from a technology standpoint it's designed to track what you're interested in and recommend things that you like so then inherently like you see a bunch of stuff that only like that agrees with your opinion. So you'll see like a bunch if you're like a left wing person, you'll see a bunch of occupied Democrats posts. And if you're a right wing person, then you'll see a bunch of like Trump for 2016 posts. And it's like no matter what, everybody fully believes that that's the only news out there. So, yeah, I plus working in we have a news station here. It's KLOG and all of our news. We have a full time news team that checks the validity of our stories and so i do get kind of like personally offended when people circulate false news about our community because i'm like stop it I'm like no you don't have to get your news here you can there's more reliable avenues and then what's, what's crazy is people debate it in the comments section and then it becomes fact and it's right. like no that's not so yeah i i fall into that for sure but i don't say anything about it if i can avoid it. <laughs> nobody wants to know what i have to say um, so could you tell us just like a bit about the kinds of things that you like? Like, do you have a favorite book or movie or TV show? Well, I find myself rewatching Friends a lot because it's so easy to watch, you know, after a, a Boda box of wine, you know, some Friends, <laughs> some pizza. Uh, I love mobster movies, so I love Goodfellas, um, all of those like American gangster. I just love those movies. Um, Scarface is all right, but... Goodfellas is by far my favorite movie. And books, um, I find myself like listening to a lot of audiobooks if I do any kind of like quote-unquote reading because I don't like w like sitting and doing nothing, like, you know, feeling like I'm doing nothing. So reading uh, when I listen to audio stuff, um, I can be doing other stuff. 
So I like to listen to marketing books and stuff that nobody cares about. My favorite marketing book is one called Biology. It's B-U-Y-ology. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about the largest ever neuromarketing study and how people interact with uh, brands subconsciously. And it's really, really cool. Did you read um, Malcolm Gladwell? Mm. You might want to. That that would definitely What's be it? Is that um, the... Tipping Point and, yeah, I actually liked his other one first, but that one popped, Tipping Point popped into my head as soon as you were talking about that because it's about what does it take to get you over that edge. Oh. Yeah. And he reads his own audiobooks, and he's got, like, a really nice Canadian <laughs> professorial, like, voice. So This would be a good time to tell my Canada joke. <laughs> okay. Okay, so there was these two guys, and they found all this land, right? And, uh. They decided they had to give it a name. So one looks at the other, and they decided they decided they go letter by letter. That's the best way. So the one looks at the other, and he says, guess it should have a C-A. Guess it should have an N-A. Guess it should have a D-A. And that's how Canada got its name. That's, that's a good joke. I've told that to, like, when we go to Vegas, there's always Canadians there. And I've told that to probably dozens of Canadians, and they all think it's funny. So it's been Canadia. Canadia approved. Canadia. Yeah, that's correct. So the other book that I was thinking of was Blink. Yeah, and I recommend those to you particularly because of your interests. Blink, the power of eye drops. <laughs> Don't blink. <laughs> he did write what the dogs saw in the night or what the dogs saw. I didn't particularly like that one, so I wouldn't recommend that one. I don't think I read that one. Outliers is good, too. Um, do you listen to any podcasts? Joe Rogan all day. <laughs> oh, man, Joe Rogan's so addicting. He's such a great interviewer. Like, He did that Elon Musk interview. Anyone that can talk that easily to Elon Musk for two hours is like my hero. It was such a great interview. Elon Musk is a genius, so he's also like a little reckless, but he's also a genius, so yeah. The dude can land rockets in the ocean. That's pretty cool. Well, at least him and his team of engineers can. (laughs) Him and his his wallet. Yeah. (laughs) Also, uh, newsflash, don't take your hands off the wheel even if you own a Tesla. You're still driving. Sorry, I'm done. Go ahead. For now. For now. <laughs> anyway, so did you have any other favorites that you wanted to tell us about? or? Uh, yeah, Hungry Caterpillar. Hungry Caterpillar. We read that night later. Quite a bit. Oh, yeah. That's a book. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. That's, that's, well, they also have the audio version. The Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> that's along with Peppa Pig. <laughs> I think, so I don't do a lot of like audiobooks that are picture books, but one I always think of is, um, this one called Ducky's Rainbow, and the lady's like, Ducky's Rainbow. <laughs> when I worked security, I used to listen to those, um, what are they called? They're like the Alex Cross, like mm-hmm. those books. They, but when I was working security in Kansas, they had the little MP3. Have you seen these? Do you yeah, have those? We have some. The little MP3. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are, are listening may not know, what I'm talking about is there's these little MP3 they're the size of like a business card. Yeah, they're called playaways. And you can plug your headphones directly into them and click play. You don't need an external the whole book device. Is on there. Yeah, the whole book is on there, which is, I loved that because I didn't have a smartphone then, so that was perfect. And I don't know how to read. Oh no, <laughs> I know my secret. C A. C A. So, um, this is kind of out there, but um, being in radio and being involved in the community, if people want to communicate better what would be the best way you know and this could be like futuristic ideas what's the best way for people to communicate and express their ideas to one another solve all our problems josh (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, communication is tough because it's like the other question you asked me. Like, everyone's different. But I think the best thing to do is for everyone to embrace all of the types of communications. For example, um, I have, like, ADD, right? So working on email works really good for me because I can I can keep my tasks in line. Um, but also text messages are good because so, I, I deal with, like, hundreds of people a week and someone might say something to me. Like, I want to do an ad about this and I can't remember and I don't like asking people to repeat themselves if I can avoid it. So um, having to do that really stinks. But if it's in a text or it's recorded or they they somewhere written, I can go back, reflect, I can do the work, and we can get it done. Especially because sometimes I'm here working really late and I can't call them. So embracing all of the methods of communication, no one has to change. You just have to listen in more ways. I think that's all we really have to do. Um, I know people, it's tough with the generation divide, but I know people that are like, don't email me. It's like, oh, dude. Okay, like no problem, but one day that's got to go away because everyone should be able to communicate the same way that everyone, you know, you can look at, if somebody says a word you don't know, you can look it up, but you can't always do that with different methods of communication. And then some people like work well on the phone. Um, Some people like to meet face to face. I mean, you just have to be open to all that. That's the best way. Um, Be open. That'd be my answer. Um, If you woke up one day, came into work, and you had several thousand email messages just brand new out of nowhere how would you prioritize answering them if you could only answer 200 of them i like that it's supposed to be a a theoretical question Uh (laughs) that's not really that far off from what already happens i mean honestly um you just have to prioritize based on the obvious stuff like which ones require the action like if it's for an event and the event is in october well i don't have to do that right now i can do it later which things are paid for, um, which one of these are actual paid clients, and then which ones of, of these are stuff I'm just doing for free because that's what we do. So you just have to prioritize based on the obvious stuff. And then also prioritize based on what you're personally interested in. You know, I love the Rotary Club and LCP. I really believe in what they do, so I'd probably do this stuff first. And anything from us. <laughs> oh, yeah, in the library. <laughs> right. the, the and the library. Is, uh, if the library sent me an email. That's all I think about <laughs> all day. <laughs> Well, and it's also, I personally work in what's easiest because it's really scary looking at a long list of stuff and you're like, oh man, I got to do all this stuff. Whereas if you do all the easy stuff really quick, like say I have to load a bunch of commercials into our traffic system or whatever, I can do that all within like 10 minutes. I've knocked 20 items off my list. It's like, sweet. So now I can work on the stuff that's more time consuming. That's kind of how I organize it. So a penguin walks through the door right now wearing a sombrero. What does he say, and why is he here? Uh, well, I have so many questions. Well, I would assume he would say hola, first of all. Second of all, he's here because uh, he escaped from the zoo as part of some It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere campaign. <laughs> That's why he's at the country station. That would make sense. <laughs> he's here looking for a copy of that song to play from his Walkman on loop to fuel. His Walkman. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. His waddleman, maybe? <laughs> it's a penguin? That's okay. Good. That's good. Thank you. All right. What about Becky? What about, what do you mean? What do you is, have anything that we need what's to going talk on about me? library related? Yeah. What? Sure. Okay. I can talk about the library. Um, so at the library, we're in May, so we're getting ready for summer reading. We have the calendar finalized for our summer programs um, and the other libraries. Well, and mostly just Kelso. 
So that's going to be something that's going to be available at the library here pretty soon. But some highlights for the summer. We're having a space camp program for youth and families June 26th. We should invite Musk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see if he's there. Space camp. <laughs> we. Space you ever do Starbase? Do you guys have Starbase around here? You know what that is? Space camp that I went to when I was a kid. Hashtag nerd. What's up? <laughs> so you could come and help with space camp too. Only if I get a free t-shirt. That's a must-have for space camp. That might be doable, yeah. We just got our summer reading shirts in for staff. They all glow in the dark. They're amazing. What? Yeah. Wow. Hashtag nerd. (laughs) Um, Speaking of nerds, we're having a Jedi Academy for Youth and Families July 10th. Um, A moon program on the 17th. Just tons of fun space-themed stuff. The summer reading is space-themed. Jedi Academy, huh? Yeah. So hopefully I've put in requests with the different cosplay groups and hopefully they'll be able to come. Um, like Stormtroopers, we said in particular that we'd be interested in Ewok. Fingers crossed. Um, I've got a Star Wars story for you. Okay. I'm almost famous <laughs> because of this story. Okay. So uh, in my hometown, you could Google it. It would come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my hometown, my best friend and I started making Vine videos. You guys remember Vine? Right. Six seconds. You know what? Teenagers are so into Vine still, and it hasn't been around, like, in their life. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. (laughs) So we made Vine videos for our character that we created called Stormtrooper Sam, and my friend bought a $3,000 movie-quality replica of uh, the Stormtrooper suit, and uh, we made these just ridiculous videos. One is, like, him trying to get into a Camaro, which is impossible, (laughs) and, and they're just, like, goofy. So... That was all fine and dandy, but the reason that we made a uh, splash was, like I said about Kansas, people are kind of like crazy. People report everything, literally everything. There's not a whole lot of freedom sometimes, okay? So, you know the rubber blaster, the blasters that they have? Yeah. The one we had was melted rubber. Like, it didn't even have, like, any operation. Also, we don't have that technology. Yeah, it's not even, you can't even, I mean, you could probably shoot a laser or something. (laughs) But, but anyway, so have a red dot. Yeah. yeah. So like, so, so we were walking around downtown, and some lady from a tax office called the police, and the police like I went up in this upstairs in this building, and I came back down to find my friends swarmed by police officers in the suit. In the suit, like they're like put it down on the ground, you know. And so he uh, he has this uh, blaster. It makes the front page news. My friend's dad, who's a photographer of the paper, comes over and takes our photos. We're recording our next video. Literally, we went to the spray. They had like a water park. Mm-hmm. And the water park shut down because we were there. <laughs> shut down. They were like, hey, everybody, Stormtrooper Sam's here. Get autographs and photos. And the lifeguards took a break. <laughs> like, that's real life. So we were on uh, MTV News. Um, every news outlet out there covered the story. And somebody from Como News in Washington made a, uh, like, cartoon reenactment of the scene it was great it was so much fun uh yeah i remember the news uh coming up to set there um cameras up in our living room <laughs> it was ridiculous weird that's my star wars story that's awesome. do you still have that suit yeah but somebody's we went to a dirt track race one day and we had the suit and he took it off because it gets real hot and yeah. somebody stole one of the legs oh my god so, uh, so uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I guess somebody finally didn't miss, huh? <laughs> so we have uh, that to look forward to, possibly. Maybe I should alert our law enforcement that there might be stormtroopers there. Well, and the lightsabers are so dangerous. You should 
you should let them know. Um, hopefully, I think we'll be able to make like like not we'll be able to make like a, a version of a lightsaber as a craft at this event. You know what? There's a a new league of people that are taking lightsaber fighting to a esport mm-hmm. level. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you've connected with them yet. But. Yep. So one of the people. So there's the two main like cosplay groups are um, 501st. And then the Rebel Alliance, um, and the Rebel Alliance guy who I he like contacted me right right away, and he was like, "Hey, I have all of these other groups. Do you want me to contact them too?" And there's like the lightsaber group regionally is in Tacoma, and I was like, "Yeah, do it." But there is some um, like restrictions on some of the groups based on their licensing agreements with LucasArts. So, yeah, the five hundred first is who initiated that interview on all of the radio stations yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, do you guys remember the movie Role Models? You ever seen that? Yeah. Uh, it's rated R, so if you're listening and you're thinking about renting it, can consider that there are <laughs> swear words. So be careful. But they have, you know, um, what do they call that? Lair? Live action interactive role playing. LARP. LARP. Yeah, you're right. I know. Of course. <laughs> Actually, I think I have that movie. It's got Paul Rudd. It's got Ant-Man. Yeah. I like Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> no? Anyways, do you know what Adult Services is doing for summer reading? Yeah. Put you on the spot. Um, so, if everybody remembers, we had to move Fire It Up from the winter to the summer because of all of our transitioning. Uh, so, we are starting Fire It Up um, June 14th, the same day. Yes, it is the same day. Thank you, Becky. The same day as the kids start. So um, it is countywide again, and we have three 10-inch Kindle fires as grand prizes. So um, for every book that you read, you have to turn in a little uh, review of your book, and then we put them all in a pile and do drawings, and that's how you get a prize. So we're going to fiddle around with all of the mechanisms between now and June 14th, but then it should run pretty smoothly. So... And then we have super cool glow-in-the-dark rocket ship t-shirts for uh, one person to win every week. That's awesome. Yeah. We announce, uh, we talk about your culture card a lot, too. Yeah. The culture card is ongoing, and we just finished up this um, season. So the seasons usually run half of a year and then half of a year. So the 2018-2019 season just ended. And over the summer, we will talk with all of our participants and start gearing up for the 2019-2020 season. And those should go out for checkout in August. Nope, Stageworks, um, Columbia Theater, um, Longview, Kelso, Community. Oh, I, I, that's why I ask. I just want to say... Um... The culture card thing I've used mm-hmm. pretty much every year because I think you can get it once a once year. Once a year, yep. And uh, the theater life around here is awesome. Stageworks has the most hilarious plays. Um, Columbia Theater, though, like really legend, some really legendary stuff. All the theaters, are, yeah. That's one of the best programs ever, especially when, like, when I was first moved here, I didn't know really. And so when I heard about that, I was like, okay, cool, and. Um, that's how I got introduced to all of the theaters. Like I just started showing up. That's the motto. That's, that's your motto, slogan. isn't it? Just, just show start up. showing up. Start yeah. crashing board meetings. That's yeah, and do. and the culture card is meant to do just that. It's meant to introduce people to all of the arts that we have in our community because I don't think people realize how rich it really is. So thanks for mentioning it because it is. It's a fantastic program. All right, now. I want to talk about books. 
so we decided that for this week we were going to be talking about the category in our reading challenge, a book with an animal in the title. Oh, guys. Hey, since we're talking about books, can I interject before we go down <laughs> the animal title? Yeah. I literally just got a LinkedIn message from Adir Levy, the author of What Should Danny Do? Children's book about the young superhero's power to choose. It's a choose-your-own-adventure book uh, where, your, where your kids can choose the adventure. That's on our list. Is it? Uh, I just asked him if he would be opening to open to donating copies of his book to the local Dolly Parton Imagination Library. His response, absolutely how many? So, Dear wow. Levy, donating books directly to our community for Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And we're going to try and get some speaking engagements for him lined up. So, Sorry, I didn't mean to take the steam. Um, out the library thing. is open for those speaking engagements. Yeah, I was, yeah, I know. And so is everybody wants those. So it's really hard. He has a really it's tight the library. schedule. <laughs> I think that we're probably the most natural fit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's the library. <laughs> you guys have books still? or? Yeah. I think we have some Choose Your Own Adventure books, too. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh. And Choose Your Own Adventure style book is a category on this year's reading challenge. We haven't gotten there yet. Maybe um, we'll read his. Maybe. If we have. Uh huh. Wish you could see the <laughs> garnishing look I'm getting here. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, so um, the book that I read is called Once a Wolf. <laughs> it's called Once a Wolf. Uh, I like saying wolf because it's funny. Because it it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but it's called Once a Wolf: The Science Behind Our Dog's Astonishing Genetic Evolution, by Brian Sykes. I'm not done with it yet. Oh, come on. Finish your book before you get to the show. What are you doing? So. <laughs> I think I'm the only one in this room who has finished the book for the show. I read that book, I'm though. I'm sorry. Your mic isn't working. Come Actually, on. I've read both of the books that you guys read. Wow. So I win. But yeah, not did. the one you were supposed to. Well, I've been just really busy. <laughs> so, um, and I, but I started this one yesterday. So I'm part of it pretty okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this book is um, it's a nonfiction book about the evolution of dogs and kind of their co-evolution with humans. But the guy who wrote it is a geneticist. So that's the focus of this book. And it ended up it's been like a little bit more like technical than I expected. Um, so it's really like a flashback to, you know, biology class. class. Yeah. Um, but it's been really interesting. And it kind of reminds me. So last year I read a, this is a kid's nonfiction book called A Dog in the Cave, The Wolves That Made Us Human. Oh, yeah. And that was really, that was really good. And that just had, I talked about more like different kinds of fields and this just really focuses on genetics. Um, but I would really recommend it if you're into dogs. And it's kind of a cool perspective. He says like in the beginning that he's really interested in this topic, but he doesn't really like dogs that much. And most of the books that you read that are about dogs, dog science, are written by people dog who are like lovers. really into dogs. So, I think there's some value to that, though. Yeah. Sometimes the foremost leaders in many categories are uh, not sometimes, oftentimes the foremost leaders in categories about certain scientific subjects uh, were only interested in it because of its gain to them, like it was a part of their PhD, or you know, you know what I mean, like mm -hmm. it was just some kind of um, in. Yeah, even like in business, um, there's local business leaders. Like an uh, example is a coffee place around here that they don't even like coffee, but they run a successful coffee branch, you know. 
it's like maybe the objectiveness of it is what makes them successful yeah know. and i think too there's there's been a lot of attention in like this field in the last like 10 or 15 years because like the close relationship between humans and dogs like makes it like easier i think to get some funding but it's also like not as risky to do tests on dogs obviously than it is like humans but they find there's there's different areas where dogs have more in, in common with humans than like our other like primates do which is really interesting but the like the dog genome was one of i think it was the fourth genome to be mapped so it was humans mice rats dogs so they've also have been doing like this science for longer than other animals too and it's really interesting i would recommend it say that title again in the book in the funny way or no <laughs> once a wolf once a wolf the oh, science okay. behind our dog's astonishing genetic evolution i think too that the increased interest in books relating to dogs from any direction is indicative of our increased use of dogs in society period so i it it's not surprising that they're coming out with lots of more ways of studying dogs to satisfy everybody's curiosity so which i think is great all the amount of stories out there of people that have been like rescued by service like dogs have just keep proving their usefulness to society i bet you're right about that though yeah, yeah i bet do you have you noticed too that um kind of like interest in the retail sector and animals like how much product is bought about certain animals changes with trends have you noticed that like mm -hmm. i remember like in the uh early 2000s speaking about dogs everybody had those big wolf blankets you remember that no is that just a kansas thing? i think that was kansas maybe i don't know what you mean i've seen them at the carnivals though. <laughs> yeah right now it's like elephants it seems like everybody i know loves elephants oh. or or unicorns or like uh, llamas are really big right now. Yeah. Well, it, it, you could but just believe that it's by chance and just who you're interacting with, but that's I feel like it's unlikely. Like people all kind of tend to like this. It's like a trend that mm -hmm. people is don't it, even know they're following. Is it a trend or is it a forced kind of conspiracy trend? Like it's like a neuro, uh -huh. like a probably. Uh, yeah. Well, if you think about unicorns, like what kind of movies have been giving unicorns glory? And so the thing with unicorns is like I started liking unicorns, and then a year later, everyone else did. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's I'm it. a Gemini, so I'm like a trendsetter. A trendsetter. <laughs> Hashtag trendsetter. Hashtag whatever. <laughs> but it's really interesting, like this dog science. I could, I feel like I could talk about it for a long time. But for a, yeah, we do too. A really <laughs> for a really long time, people scientists thought that like that humans domesticated dogs. Right. And then they found this like footprint with like this child uh, wolf footprint combo that dated back like 33,000 years that humans and dogs were living together. And that kind of changed everything. This was like 1994. And, and then when they mapped the dog genome, they could see like definitely that dogs are direct descendants from wolves. They don't have like a common ancestor. They're directly descendant and can start like speculating about the different ways that like humans and dogs work together. This other book I had read was talking about this idea that the reason that humans live in like packs is because it's something we learned from wolves, which is super interesting to me. I think too, because I would say a decade ago, if not more, my mom was way interested in, you remember that book about the monks and how they 
obedience trained their dogs. That was all the rage then, and she was very much into it. And, and it seemed like many, many more people were interested in alternative ways for, for training your dogs. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a natural uh, progression. We've gone past every possible way the dog whisperer can work with your dog. And now let's look at the science behind all of that. So I think it's we've, we've overdone the training, and now we're into, well, where did they even come from? Yeah. So, yeah. The like aggressive form of training that was popular for a while has pretty solidly been debunked by science. Like the dogs don't really interact with humans, like in this alpha way or with each other that people thought for a really long time. All right. So I read The Six of Crows. The Six of Crows is a YA book. Um, and it's an interesting book because I did not realize that this author, Lee Bardugo, I didn't realize that she had written a whole other series that established a world um, and that this was a spinoff from that. What's um, a YA book with him? Young Adult. Oh. Becky's World in the Library. I like how for this, I read an adult nonfiction book and both of you read teen books. <laughs> I didn't know mine was a teen book. Yours is a teen book. That's great, though. See, (laughs) you're reaching across. (laughs) So anyway, this book is about a fictitious place called Ketterdam, which, um, you know, all of the words are very Dutch. Um, And so it's a harbor town and all those things. So it seems very Dutch. And this made up world that connects with it that she had made up in the past was Russian based. And so um, it was interesting because you could see all of the um, significant kind of connections that she made as far as cultures and, and landscapes, etc. So I mentioned this to Becky earlier that I, I didn't mind the book. It was, it was a fast read book. It was not hard to get through. And I had a couple of, of issues. It was very much like most YA books, in my opinion, in that you have a, a small group of teenage people doing a big thing. And uh, one of the things that I noticed right away as I was reading this was that they had characters as young as 14 doing these things. Like, and so the only, they were, they were not things any 14 year old I know would be able to do. And so I had to go back. But it is it's like a fantasy setting. Well, I, it, you know, it makes you think back. <laughs> To when people died a lot earlier, they had to be capable of doing things a lot sooner. And we are soft nowadays, and so we don't expect kids to do these kinds of activities like kill people and, you know, you know, yeah, (laughs) a lot of murder happening in this book. A lot of sneaky murder. Um, So it was. This is in the Longview Public (laughs) Library, lending books about murder to teenagers. Yeah. Well, when we don't expect teenagers to be like the leaders of. Yeah. Um, crime organizations, right. stuff like that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they're too soft. They are soft. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's no kid you know that's gonna get a, a hall pass from high school to go do all these things. Yeah, you so just anyway. remember, Tommy, when you get pinched, you don't <laughs> rat out your friends. <laughs> Exactly. It's an important part of the book. Yeah, well, and so I I read a couple of descriptions of the book after I finished it, and a lot of different people described it as an Ocean Eleven kind of story, where it's um, they need to go steal something that's very important. They expect to get paid very big for it. You have the one guy who's uh, orchestrating all of the activities, and everybody has all these internal conflicts. And so it, it read really fast. There was a lot of things happening all the time. And it was dumb you know you get that sensation like god i can't believe i'm reading this i didn't get that i enjoyed the story i did have that you know momentary thing where yeah that's 
that's a bunch of bull, but <laughs> but that's you felt like it was just sensationalist, like they're just saying this because it's shocking. Or... No, no, no. It's just that this whole world doesn't exist, and I know it. That's the feeling I got. That you know, I liked the story though. I didn't mind it one bit. So, yay, yay. <laughs> I didn't mind it one bit is uh, pretty, like, soft praise. Uh, <laughs> is it, that, that translates to, like, a two-and-a-half star review or something. Well, you know, if we use Becky's, I don't know if it would even go to a two-and-a-half. Yeah. <laughs> no, what did I give that? At least three stars. Yeah. Maybe, I would give it three. Maybe four. I wouldn't give it four. What? I can look that up. Yeah. I would give it three. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, Becky, but you haven't read this one that comes after it. I have not. See? So you weren't compelled. To carry on the story. Yeah, you weren't compelled. You tell her, Josh. The power of yeah. Bardugo does not compel you. <laughs> I will tell you, though. No, I gave it four stars. You did. Wow, look at you. I would go back and read her Shadow and Bone trilogy just to see where that uh, world building came from. My shoe fell off. <laughs> yeah, we heard it. <laughs> we know. Uh, and you can't really reach shoe. it because we all know that your feet dangle on that thing over there. <laughs> all right, my feet are on the stool. Stool bar, but I barely touch it. You're right. <laughs> She's trying real hard, though. <laughs> so speaking of um, uh, fantasy worlds, and you know it, the lead character in this book. Which book? Uh, it's Turtle. I, I always struggle with the Turtles title. It's called Turtles All the Way Down. Turtles All the Way Down. Such a weird title. but It's an interesting title. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Aza is the um, main character. They call her Holmesy in the book, which always throws me off. And I'm like, wait, who are you talking about? But I think that's just like some um, kind of homage to Sherlock Holmes, I would guess, obviously. But so Aza and her best friend Daisy are chasing after this $100,000 reward for finding Mr. Pickett. And um, the interesting thing about Aza in the very first line of this book, you realize that she is kind of... Um, recognizes possibly that she's a character in a book which i love it when they do that kind of break what do they call it breaking the third wall or whatever um and there's a bunch of things that she says uh that do that when they talk about like really relevant stuff like her mom goes on a rant about cost of college and uh just really great humor but one of the things that aza struggles with in this book is ocd um which part of my add is that i also have a a, uh, ocd when um, unmedicated, so that's uh, interesting to me. Where you just can't, you fixate on one thing, and you have to do it over and over until you feel better. So, she, one of the things she does to cope with her OCD is she has, um, she presses her thumbnail into the pad of her middle finger, and she's been doing this obsessively and compulsively for a long time. And uh, so, because she believes this is a case of WebMD gone wrong, right? <laughs> You ever Googled something on WebMD and you're like, okay, I have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't come to work anymore. I'm done. <laughs> you I'll match, come in next week. <laughs> you match like one symptom. Right. Well, that's what happened here. She matched one symptom on OCD to uh, this bacterial disease called C. diff. And she recognizes in the first uh, thing in the book, like this is the very first chapter, that she uh, calls herself a skin encased, uh, encasing a microbial colony, which I love. I think that's really funny. So anyway. The plot of the book, I won't ruin it for you. I can't because I haven't finished it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so um, <laughs> she, she's connected with this uh, young man called uh, Davis Pickett. This is the missing guy's son. And so in this book, we get to find out uh, what's going to happen. Are they going to find him? Are they going to get the hundred grand? Is Davis going to you know, participate with them? 
Because as you can imagine, Davis being a young billionaire, everybody's looking for that reward. So he's pretty, uh, he's pretty great. You know, he's not real receptive to people coming around. But uh, this this pretty young girl might, mm, I don't know, might be able to get through <laughs> to him. One more thing I want to say about it is um, there's some stuff in here that is kind of uh, profound that I actually read. And I was like, you ever read something? You're like, whoa, nice. You got to read it a few times. You're like, that's, I'm keeping that. So she, they, at one point they said, the thing about spiraling inwards is that it never ends. It's like, whoa, that's crazy, because it's true. Well, and they talk about, like I said, they talk about corporations, all kinds of like, uh, what I like about these, what I do like about these newer books, because I like the older books too, but the newer ones, I love the kids are pulling out their cell phones in the book. I love it when it happens, because it's like, when someone runs to the house to accept a phone call, I'm like, oh man, like I just, <laughs> you just killed the theater in my mind right there. You killed it, it's over. Whereas when it's like, Hey, daddy Oh, how's it going? Which is what happens yeah. in this book. The Hello, dialogue, fellow kids. Yeah, yeah, the dialogue is so, uh, with the times, uh, it's okay. easy to easy to read. And I can promise you, I'm not only through it, I'm about chapter four. I can promise you by the time you get to chapter three, uh, you're going to forget what time it is. Look up. It's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you're going to read the whole thing. So. Are you uh, reading the text? Are you listening to it as an audiobook? No, audiobook. I, uh, I do audible. Um like I said, read, sitting down and reading is what audible, usually. Um, so actually, you can download right onto your phone um, free audiobooks from the library. Really? I had no idea. <laughs> also, tell, yes, you tell, did tell, too, Josh. Tell me how I... How do you know I didn't just say that to trigger you? How would that have worked itself into this conversation otherwise? So, so I can go to longviewpublicLibrary.org and... Right. Actually, you need to start at the library. It's just longviewlibrary.org. I do have a card. Right. So then you need to go and download the appropriate apps to your electronic device. One for the Washington Anytime Library is called Libby. And the other from Hoopla Digital is called Hoopla. So on both of those, you need to create an account using an email and password, and then you will register your library card and PIN to be uh, recognized as a patron of Longview Public Library and to be able to check out books um, in both ebook and audio format on Washington Anytime Library. But also on Hoopla, you can check out books, audiobooks, comic books, television and movies, and audio CDs. So on Washington Anytime Library, you can have five items checked out at any time. And on Hoopla, you can only check out five items per month. So you really do have to watch yourself. But the big difference between the two is that Washington Anytime Library functions just like the library, where if there's a book that is very, very popular, you have to put it on hold if it's not available because you can only have so many digital editions out at once. Um, but on Hoopla, if the book is in the catalog, you can check it out then. There's no waiting. If it's available, you check it out. The problem is that it doesn't have necessarily the most current stuff, but it has some pretty esoteric stuff that you wouldn't have thought you wanted, but you find out you do. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. I'll have to... Uh, you've converted someone to Hoopla. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is I've converted to Hoopla, and you should too. <laughs> You're listening to this well, podcast. you know, we appreciate Audible, but we also appreciate free books from the library. Word. Yeah. Just so you know, the look I got from them when I said they were Audible, <laughs> they were like, no. yeah, the parking lot's big enough for a fight, believe me. Give They're, me your phone back. <laughs> <laughs> I 
They're like, I'm going to factory reset some stuff. <laughs> so I hope that you like that book. It, um, it's by John Green. He's a Did he win an award for that? I thought he did. Uh, he he, maybe, but not like a big award. He won the Prince Award for his first book, Looking for Alaska. But his most famous book is The Fall in Our Stars. Oh, that's that's him. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. It's so good. Like some people have such a gift for writing, mm-hmm. and he's definitely one of them. Um, you read the stuff, and it's like, wow, this is. He did a tour um, with his brother Hank, who is like a he. He wrote a book that was published last year, but he's more famous as like a YouTuber. And I went and saw them. They're both like funny together, but also um, he talked a lot about the his experience with OCD is what. Um, plays into the narrative yeah and inspired him to write that story so it's like a really personal for him yeah so um along those same lines the author of this book suffers from a a particular condition and it um was how she wrote about the main character it's It's called osteonecrosis osteonecrosis and it translates to bone death and so her main character has a limp and and crippling things going on with him, and so uh, so does she. So that's interesting that they put those into their characters. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh, it's funny because uh, I was just telling someone the other day who struggles with PTSD. It's really difficult to frame that stuff in a positive way and give yourself good affirmations, and you don't believe them. But. Um, PTSD and any other disorder or any other uh, tragic experience and I I think I'm allowed to say this because I've had lots of both and so it's kind of an interesting gift that you're that you are given in a way because when you have experienced or when you have one of those things you're able to connect with other people that have those things in a a way that no one else really can right like it's unique it is unique and I also think that it gives you perspective from where people are actually coming from because a lot of people don't consider wait maybe this person is coming from this place where I've never been so I think it gives you a lot more understanding of how people relate to each other yeah and it gives you it's funny uh, how many times I used to live with a guy that had paranoid schizophrenia um, and so I learned a lot about that disorder and it's interesting when I meet people Sometimes you know what they have because they're so, it's like, I've met you before. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so similar to someone else. Um, so when you're mentoring along the way, it's like, oh, like, I think your uncle might have paranoid schizophrenia. Like, the, you know, some of the people I know live out in the middle of nowhere. They're not going to, they don't interact with people enough to get some kind of diagnosis. Yeah, right. So it's like, you kind of can know how to interact with them. So anyway, my point is, um, these books are great. And, and just in general, anyone that's listening that struggles with that kind of stuff, just know like, hey. You can probably uh, help the person way, way more than any therapist could because you've been there. Like, yeah. I, have you heard that um, story? This is, like, really common, but I think I heard this on... You ever watch The West Wing? I think I heard I this. I think I heard this on that show. There's a man that falls into a hole. You heard this. And uh, a doctor walks by, and he shouts up. He's like, hey, doctor, help me. And so the doctor's like, okay, and he writes a prescription, throws it in the hole. You heard this? No. So... Writes a prescription, throws it in the hole. And then uh, a, a priest walks by and he's like, Father, help me. Oh, help me. I need help. So he says, Okay, son. He kneels down, he prays, and he leaves. And then a best friend comes over and he jumps in the hole with him. He's like, Dude, what are you doing, man? Are you crazy? <laughs> 
He's like, it's okay. I've been here before. I know the way out. Oh. So it's like an interesting, uh, yeah, speaking about mental disorders. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I also think um, these are both really good examples of what people have been talking about in publishing for the last couple of years is the importance of having diverse books mm -hmm. and people using their own experiences to write. Mm -hmm. I think in both of these cases, too, where their illnesses are kind of like invisible illnesses, um, that necessarily you wouldn't like look at John Green and say like, oh, this guy suffers like extreme anxiety and OCD. To put that in your character, I think is, yeah, it's really helpful for a lot of people. And it um, also is like a very compelling story. Yeah, well, and it's funny that he gives it uh, a physical um, tick, so to speak, with the, because I don't know if I finished, but she has the thumb and the pad of the finger and she uh, presses her thumb into the wound and reopens it as a sense of control. That's her, her compulsion. And then she's always constantly like trying to sanitize the wound. Yeah. With like because it's infected with C diff. You know, she, <laughs> right. She's she's a microbial. You know, she's yeah. uh, she's two thirds she's like someone else. And it really yeah. like gets you like right in her head too. Like he does a really good job of of kind of like understanding that anxiety because she's like, I know this isn't real but yeah. i still have to do it right. there's another really good you read challenger deep that's what i just looked hey. up yeah. um wow you guys are <laughs> so connected oh my gosh one of my favorite ya authors neil schusterman wrote a novel called challenger deep that i really highly recommend um that's based off his son's what's it called challenger deep yeah oh. um it's based off of his son's teenage experiences with schizophrenia and it kind of follows two um storylines um, one which is in the main character is like on a boat and they're traveling to the Mir Marianas Trench. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like a mutiny and he has to decide if he's like for the, the crew or for the captain. Uh. Um, and then on the other end, this kid with the same name is in um, the hospital mm -hmm. undergoing treatment. So Right, trying to decide if he's going to go with what his mind is saying or come back into yeah. real life. And, and then what, what the other thing about the other thing about that book is that not only do you get perspective on what the boy is going through, you get to see how it affects his whole family, how how being um, uh, in this fight with this kid is, is it takes a lot of people to make them feel well, and if they don't have that kind of support, the chances of feeling well diminish. But I think that could be said for anything. Highly recommend that book. I I do too. I don't I love that. I don't know about it on audio. I didn't listen to, I didn't it. Listen to it. I read uh, it. But it also includes like there should be an audio store where all of the books are narrated by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> like the whole store, no matter what book you get, you know. He did narrate that one. Yeah, like <laughs> that. Yeah. Story. Microbial colony. <laughs> send him the link. <laughs> or or what's that other guy that has a really distinct uh, accent that everybody. Needs more cowbell. What's his name? Uh, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Yeah. yeah. The Christopher Walken <laughs> audiobook store. You told me to solve the world problems, and here I am. There was, uh, <laughs> like, years ago when this book was, like, at the height of its popularity, like, this video of, like, celebrities reading out loud Fifty Shades of Grey. And it was, like, <laughs> what's that guy who plays Gilbert Godfrey was, like, oh reading God. it? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um... It's do you guys normally summarize everything that you talked about in an episode at the beginning or end? Is that a thing? Um, no. Oh well, I'll do. It. I'll do. It. I'll try to do it for you. So to recap today's show on today uh, on your shelf or mine, we talked about books with animals in the title. We actually uh, talked a lot about uh, 
mental disorders, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, you know, you you can uh, you can really help somebody out. Community events and how you can get involved. Uh, I feel like it's necessary I plug KLG. You can stream all of our stations through your Amazon Echo or online at their websites. If you want to hear local, we talked about uh, local news and uh, fake news um, a little bit, and you can get verifiable, real good news worked on by a full-time news team <laughs> at KLG.com, uh, also from our Alexa app, KLOG 100.7. And uh, we heard about how you can get audiobooks for free from the Longview Public Library. That was, that was fun. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for coming downstairs <laughs> to your studio to be on our program. You're welcome. Oh, and thank you for the thumb drive because, again, we forgot ours. Hey, just remember <laughs> to give that thing back to the 1980s because that's an old thumb drive, thumb drive man. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been your shelf or mine. Studio time for your shelf or mine, donated by KLOG, Cooking Country, and 1015 The Wave. Your local stations are proud to support the Longview Public Library and your shelf or mine. I can simulate the air conditioner sound. <laughs> Does he know how to remove background noise? I don't know what he knows. Some producer. Oh, he's going to hear this, so I should be nice. He'll save it Your for producer the end. is amazing. He's going <laughs> to cut it so I sound like a jerk.